Welcome to the FemStrong Podcast. I'm your host, Stacey Riccolo. I'm a female business owner living in Reno, Nevada. I own a gym called Wolf Valley Performance with my business partner slash life partner slash boyfriend, Donnie, and we have two dogs together. But enough about me. This show is all about you. With this show, we hope to teach you incredible, life-changing things about your body, your mind, adventures, all the things, ladies. Our goal is to bring you topics that are not only going to educate you about you, but that will also empower you to take on the life that you want. We hope this show not only brings you knowledge and fascinating information, but also some concrete tools that you can implement in your life to create positive changes where you want to. We're going to learn some incredible things that we women just aren't taught most of the time from some absolutely phenomenal women doing phenomenal things. So, This show is for you and about you. I'm just your host. I'm just the one asking the questions to bring you knowledge and well-informed guests to help you explore yourself. I can't wait to get to know you. I can't wait for you to get to know you better via the FemStrong podcast. So let's get to it. What is up, FemStrong crew? Welcome back to the FemStrong podcast. Your host, Stacy here. In today's episode, I got to hang out with Dr. Mandy Milliquette. Mandy is a naturopathic doctor living in Canada with her husband and her baby son. And she came on the show today to talk to us about what naturopathic medicine is. We talk about how it is different from the traditional medicine that we are used to seeing in our care, typically, and how it can be beneficial in your life. So a lot of what Mandy does is she works actually with female athletes and helps them navigate how women are different than men physiologically. And we actually are going to get back together to do another episode all about that. So stay tuned for that. We get into it just a tiny, tiny bit in this episode, but that is coming up at a later date as well. But today's episode is all about naturopathic medicine, what the heck it is, and how it can be great in your life. So hit us with your questions if you have them. Let's get to the episode. Here we go. Good morning, Mandy. Good morning. Welcome to the FemStrong Podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for making the time to come on and chat. I'm no very excited problem. to to pick your brain and learn mm-hmm. learn lots of things. Well, hopefully I can teach you lots of things and your <laughs> listeners. <laughs> I am confident that you will. <laughs> um, so let's dive on in. Can you tell me and our listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so my name is Mandy. I am a naturopathic doctor. I'm from Ontario, Canada, this little town called Sarnia. Um, but I currently live in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. And yeah, I've been practicing for five years in Calgary the whole time. So I moved out here after graduating. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been a competitive athlete my whole life, mostly rugby and basketball, but most recently CrossFit and now mm-hmm. just recovering from birth. Yeah. <laughs> Not that it was a traumatic birth by any means, but it's still hard on your body. Yeah. Well, that's um, good yeah. though to hear. Yeah. Yeah. So my son is three months old and he is the best baby ever. No complaints. Motherhood has been really fun. That's really cool. I'm consuming, but fun. (laughs) 
time consuming, but fun. Good. I I think that sounds like what people want it to be, right? The time consuming, I think is kind of not optional. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But fun is ideal. Yes. That's cool. So he's three months old. He's Mm -hmm. also very cute. I've seen him on your Instagram. Thank you. I think so too, but my opinion might be slightly biased. (laughs) I think a little biased. Yeah. I do also like, I don't like to lie to women and tell them their children are cute if they're like at a funky stage, you know? So I'll just be like, wow, they're so sweet or Mm, something else. So just rest assured. I mean it. If I'm going out of my way to say he's cute, I wouldn't lie to you. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. So, um, question about like Canada geographically, Mm -hmm. what's the distance like between where you're from and where you are currently? Um, like it would be, so comparing to the States, it would be, um, coast to coast, Oh, nice. like East coast to the yeah. West coast. So that's a, that's a big difference. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't move coast to coast in Canada, but that distance is that probably distance. equivalent to moving from one coast to the other coast in the States. Got it. That makes sense. Yeah. So that's Canada a, big is a very large country. It is very large. I think we mm-hmm. take it for granted about how big it is just because I don't know. We in the States think that we're the biggest in all the land, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Our our population isn't very big, but the land Mm -hmm. is huge. Yes. You got a lot, a lot of space to spread out. Yeah. Cool. Social distancing is not hard in Canada. (laughs) Much more easily. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. That's good. Great. So you are a practicing naturopathic doctor. Yes. Fabulous. Can you tell us a little bit about that? What does that mean being in naturopathic medicine? Yeah, so naturopathic medicine is all about using our body's own healing abilities. So, I mean, our our human bodies are incredible. If you get a cut on your hand, if you don't do anything to it, usually we'll just heal on its own. So naturopathic medicine is really tapping into that power, um, using natural therapies to do so, and sometimes eliminating things that get in the way of our body's healing mechanisms. We tend to spend a lot more time with our patients to get to the root cause of the issues. Um, so most people have heard of functional medicine and, and naturopathic medicine is basically the same principles. It's been around a lot longer. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we, we're using usually six different modalities. Some naturopathic doctors will specialize in a specific one, but we use things like nutrition, clinical nutrition. So using supplements, botanical medicine, traditional Chinese medicine. So acupuncture herbs, um, we learn psychology, we learn manual therapies. So really homeopathy is another one. So really anything natural that's going to stimulate our body's own healing mechanisms yeah that's fantastic I think that's really cool mm-hmm. so how is it different than to being like your our current like traditional or conventional medical doctor well the education is fairly similar um our so it's four years which mm-hmm. conventional medicine is four years after an undergrad degree and same thing with naturopathic medicine yeah um there is i believe five accredited schools in the states and two in canada so you have to go to be a licensed naturopathic doctor you have to have gone to one of those seven schools if you're in North America and have passed a board exam. As far as the education, we learn the same basic sciences, Mm -hmm. um, labs, physical exams, all that stuff. The difference is our modalities. So if you're becoming a conventional doctor, you're going to learn a lot about pharmacology and you 
get a bit more into surgery as well. We learn those techniques um, or at least about them in naturopathic medical school, depending on which jurisdiction you're practicing in, you may have prescription rights or you might not. In Alberta, we don't, but other provinces in Canada, naturopathic doctors do. And same thing goes for the states. So some states, naturopathic doctors can prescribe pharmaceuticals and other states they can't. Um, but that is something we learn in, in our education. Mm -hmm. And then we also learn about those six modalities that I mentioned. This, it's a little bit different depending on what school you go to and different in the States. Like I know in Canada, we learn a lot more traditional Chinese medicine and we're licensed to do acupuncture after mm -hmm. um, we graduate and pass our boards in the States to do that. You have to um, be a licensed acupuncturist. And yeah. so a lot of naturopathic doctors will do that education as well. Mm -hmm. And that could be different. I'm not hundred percent sure. It could be different state to state, but as I mentioned, we're learning botanical medicine. We're learning a lot of nutrition, like a ton of hours and it's very clinical and it's cool to have this physiology knowledge that a doctor has plus mm -hmm. the biochemistry of all of nutrition and really be able, being able to use nutrients that our body knows what to do with at therapeutic doses and using food as medicine um, and again like correlating it and using it with the physiology knowledge of the human mm -hmm. body um, so those modalities psychology manual therapy homeopathy um, I think that's all yeah that's great that's, yeah, yeah that's really awesome so what I'm hearing is kind of that it's it's a very holistic approach to medicine yes that you're not just looking at okay, what's like, what is wrong? What's the symptom? How can we fix it? But rather mm -hmm. you're looking at like, okay, you have this symptom, what's happening that's causing it. You're really spending more time to get to the root cause. Yeah. So mm -hmm. a big difference between naturopathic medicine and conventional medicine, I, we all go to our doctors and see that sign. Only one complaint. <laughs> naturopathic <laughs> medicine is the opposite of that. We ask so many questions, yeah. which is why we need a lot of time with our patients, but mm -hmm. often someone is going to have more than one symptom. And usually they're all related to one root cause or the, depending on how deep you go, um, multiple root causes, but they're sort of like onion layers. If you get deep and deeper and deeper, it's usually one root cause. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. that totally makes sense. And you're right. That is something we see. And like, when you go to your like primary care physician, they're like, well, we can only handle one thing today. Yeah. Like, well, I want to tell you about all these other things. Cause I have a hunch that there's one thing causing it. And can we yeah. figure that out as opposed to, yeah, just, just one thing at a time doesn't really give you a full picture. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so it does make, in my opinion, it makes naturopathic medicine a little bit more difficult to practice yeah. um, because it's not always clear. Like if someone comes with the symptom of low energy, well, there's so many reasons why someone can have low energy. So it yeah. can take a lot of investigating to find out exactly why that is. And sometimes it's multifactorial um, or another, like acne is another really common one. There's so many reasons why someone can have acne. So Right. We need to ask a lot of questions mm -hmm. to get to the bottom of it. And I think that's a, a misunderstanding. Um, I have, you know, friends and family that will just ask me a quick question, like, what's a natural supplement I can take for this? And I have to explain to them, like, that's not how naturopathic medicine <laughs> works. Like, if, yeah. like, that would be so easy if, if that's, that were the case. But mm -hmm. in order to give you a proper supplement or 
lifestyle changes, I need to ask you a lot more questions and figure out why this is happening. Right. And I think so many of us have been conditioned kind of it's in our, it's in our culture that like, we're kind of conditioned to think like that there is a one solution or like a pill you can take or one thing you can do to fix your problem. Mm -hmm. And the body doesn't really work like that. Like if a system's out of whack, you really need to slow down and take measures to let it heal or do, do what it needs to do. You can't just necessarily add in one supplement or add in one pill and it's going to fix everything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, on occasion, very rarely, it can be that easy. Mm -hmm. Um, And I would say in my practice, it's a lot more wellness based. A lot of my patients are generally healthy and they just have a few symptoms here and there that Mm -hmm. aren't normal. They don't have a full on disease, but you don't go from being perfectly healthy to all of a sudden having disease. There is Mm -hmm. a middle and naturopathic medicine is really good at finding someone in the middle of that spectrum and taking them back to a state of health. And so sometimes it is as simple as a nutrient deficiency. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Fabulous. Okay, cool. So I'm sure some of our listeners and some people wonder sometimes um, if naturopathics are real doctors, if you will, quote unquote. Um, so can you just speak to that? And yeah, can you just speak to that? <laughs> Yes, I completely understand this confusion. To be honest, I didn't even know naturopathic medicine was a profession when Mm -hmm. I was in my undergrad. Um, And in the States, this is a little bit more confusing compared to Canada because people can take like a weekend course and call themselves a naturopath. And so naturopath in the States is very different than a naturopathic doctor. So you cannot use naturopathic doctor title Um, in Canada or the States, unless you have, like I said, done those, um, been to one of the accredited schools, passed your board exams, maintain a current license. So we have, we have to do continuing education courses, just like medical doctors. Um, but in Canada, naturopath and naturopathic doctor are interchangeable. Oh, okay. I try to only use naturopathic doctor because, you know, we are in close quarters to the States and I don't want that confusion. And mm-hmm. I don't want people to think I just took a weekend course because I did eight years of school. Yeah. <laughs> that's much Because you did a lot more than a weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, you know, naturopathic doctors have a big scope of practice. We can do a lot of the same things that a conventional doctor do. We can requisition lab work. Um, we can do injection therapies. We can do IV therapy. So there's a lot, yeah, there is a lot of overlap and I would say more so in the States than in Canada oh, really? because you guys are private healthcare. So you have, you have this choice. Like if you're going to be paying for your healthcare, you can pick which kind of doctor you want. And that's not to say you can't have both. You totally can in Canada because our healthcare is free. I'm using quotations. The listeners can't really see that, but I, <laughs> I like to put healthcare in quotations because It's more of a disease care system conventionally. I I very much feel like it's sick care. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. yes, in Canada, our health care is free. I mean, not really. We're paying through it with our taxes. (laughs) But the health care that's covered through the taxes that we're paying is more disease care. And naturopathic medicine is if you have extended health, like it's private. Um, So in the States, it's all it's all private. So right. you, can, you can pick which 
when you which doctors you want in Canada it is more financially efficient I guess is the best word to have a conventional family doctor as well as a naturopathic doctor um it's I I try to work with my patients family doctors when I think they need blood work and if they can get their family doctor to do it and not have to pay out of pocket for it then they can go ahead and do that yeah um or if they just want me to requisition it and they want to pay out of pocket that's fine too I'm willing to do that but got it I see what you're saying though that because you're the, the conventional healthcare is covered, if you will, or it's free mm-hmm. in the system you guys have. So the naturopathic medicine is not covered in that system. Yeah, which but- offers a, a bit of a challenge when it comes to practicing. And I'm sure most doctors in the States experience this too. Like you want to just recommend what the patient needs, but in the back of your head, you're thinking how much is this going to cost them and yeah. trying to make it as cost-effective as possible mm-hmm. um, that I think I'm getting better at that but I was not good at, <laughs> at the beginning of my practice I would right. always recommend just like little things that they needed rather than giving them the full picture yeah and letting and, them choose if that's not something they could afford kind of thing yeah and I shouldn't be making that decision for them right. that's up to them for sure and honestly that's something that I mean we run into even in the gym too like people mm-hmm. come in and what would be best for them is to get started with nutrition accountability and like personal training for eight weeks before we go into the group classes. Yeah. And it's so easy to like talk yourself out of it for them of like not even offer it to them because you know how much it costs. Yeah. And you're right. It was the same thing for me getting used to like just offer it and let them know like this is the best plan. Mm-hmm. We can do other things, but this is the best and this is what it costs. And let yeah. them say no before you get creative. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Same thing, challenging over here too. Mm-hmm. It's hard because you do like, especially in our professions, like I'm sure you're this way too. Like you do what you do because you want to help people, mm-hmm. but it does cost money for them to get the help that they need. And so it's this balance between like wanting to help them the most like cost efficiently that we can, but also wanting to help them the absolute best. Yeah. 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 I think it's we hard. just need to not undervalue the services that we're offering. And Absolutely. You know, money is just... A, f- one, a form of currency. There's many right. other forms it's of currency. just a tool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is an exchange. <laughs> it is an exchange. And I think it's true too. Like by the time people are in your practice or like meeting with us here, they are, they do want to invest in it. They do, they, they want the best. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. So I'm actually kind of curious before I move on to the next question I have written Mm -hmm. for you. You said when you were an undergrad, you didn't even know that naturopathic medicine was a path. Yeah. So what kind of, what brought you to it? What made you choose it? Tell me about that part of your story. Um, Yeah. So I, I wanted to do medicine. I've known I wanted to be a doctor since I was in high school. And Mm -hmm. so you have to get an undergrad degree first. So I was doing kinesiology and Mm -hmm. during, and, and just taking the steps towards doing conventional medicine because I didn't know there was other options and so I you know took all the right courses I wrote the MCAT Um, I was doing a co-op placement for a thoracic surgeon and this is when I really saw firsthand how much of a business medicine is even in Canada so the doctor I was working for was 
awesome, great doctor, very fit, you know, like he valued his own health, ate healthy, exercised, all that. Um, but he's so in Canada, he's, he's so stuck in the system. He can't, his appointments were literally five minute time slots. I remember seeing it one day. It was nine o'clock, nine oh five, nine ten. <laughs> and he's a thoracic surgeon. So <clears throat> he's going to be doing surgery on his patients. And um, so thoracic surgery and my job working for him was doing Doppler ultrasound. So that's where um, basically you're using sound waves to calculate the percentage of cloggage of arteries. And we wouldn't intervene until these patients' arteries were, I forget the exact percentage, I think it was 80%, 80 or 90% clogged, which was so messed up to me. I'm like, why? Like, this is a very lifestyle-related condition. Atherosclerosis is the mm-hmm. medical term. Um, you know, they're, these patients are smoking, they're not eating well, they're not exercising. And I get that that's easier said than done, which is why you spend more than five minutes with them. And so that's, that really opened my eyes. And like, I don't want to be a doctor who is disease care. I don't want to wait for my patients to get to this point where they need surgery, they need medications. Um, I, or if it's an option to treat them through lifestyle, through diet, through natural therapies, why wouldn't we do that first? And so I just started Google searching other professions. I'm like, I don't want to dedicate all this time and money and effort into work doing a profession that I don't believe in. Mm -hmm. And as much as I have this attitude, like I wouldn't be a doctor like that. It's not really an option. I mean, in Canada at least. And so, yeah, so I did some Google searching. I came across naturopathic medicine, actually the school I went to, the Canadian College of Naturopathic Medicine, I came across their website and I just, I read the six principles of naturopathic medicine. I was like, yeah, Uh like this is how medicine should be. Like, Uh this is really cool. And looked more into it because I wanted to make sure I'm like, is this legit? Like, or will I be a doctor when I graduate from this Mm -hmm. program? And so I did a lot of research actually took, I worked for a year after my undergrad and wanted to make sure that's, that was the right that's path awesome. for me. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I did it and I love it. That's great. And how, how great for you that you realized it at that point in mm-hmm. your journey and not, you know, like three years into medical school. Yes. And realize like, oh my gosh, this doesn't resonate with the impact I want to be having and <laughs> then have to go through finish that out and then go through naturopathic school. Yeah. Well, to be honest, I wouldn't have been so hard. I'm a big nerd and I love school and I think it would be cool. (laughs) I've thought about doing conventional medicine numerous times and just to Mm -hmm. really just to bridge the gap somehow, figure out like, what are they learning? What are we learning? How can we amalgamate Mm -hmm. the two? Because I think you do need both, you know, there's a time and a place for medicine, for pharmaceuticals. There's a time and a place for surgery, you don't have to pick alternative medicine or conventional medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, so how can we amalgamate the two in the best way possible to be getting the best results with our patients? Yeah. Um, and I was like, in my head, well, if I did conventional medicine, I could help yeah. <laughs> bridge that gap. I mean, it's mm-hmm. four years and the big financial commitment, but it's not right. off my radar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I say all the time, I'm like, if finances weren't a piece of it like I'd I'd still like I'd be in school Mm -hmm. you know like I'd I'd study so much if it didn't cost so much but now in Canada is your undergrad covered no no okay so U.S. misconception of Canada 
Um, You can get government support, but you still have to pay that money back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there isn't there. I mean, we have scholarships, but we don't have like athletic scholarships like you do. Oh, really? We have. Yeah. It's you can't get like a full ride scholarship in Canada. You can get athletic bursaries and, you know, there's stuff you can apply for, but it's not quite the same. Yeah. That being said, our education is significantly cheaper. Got it. That was my next question. I was wondering. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then too, so I, I did, I was planning on doing naturopathic medicine in Arizona. There's a school there or Chicago or in Seattle, but looking at the tuition costs compared to the schools in Canada, Mm -hmm. it was so just so we can compare 36 grand per year, just for tuition for the schools in the States, it would have been 46 grand for me. Cause I'd be a foreign student and that's in us dollars in Canada. Um, 25,000 per year in tuition wow. Canadian dollars. So big, that's a big huge difference. difference. Yeah. Yeah. Bonkers. So note to self, mm-hmm. if I decide I want to be a naturopathic doctor, I'm going to go to Canada. <laughs> well, you'd still have to pay the, then the foreign yeah, student yeah, fees, but true. I'm sure it would still be <laughs> still cheaper. Still be less. Than... <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. so funny. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. okay. If I decided to go that route, I'd have a lot of school to do before anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have a lot of boxes to tick before we got that far. <laughs> yes, possibly. <laughs> I, think, I think actually the route I will go is teaming up with naturopathic doctors and having them in my network. <laughs> Yeah. Good idea. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of like, I don't need to know everything, even though I kind of want to, but I don't need to know everything. I just need to have a dope team. And yeah. Dope resources. And I think that goes for a lot of professions too. like be, mm-hmm. do you, you know, be good at what you're good at. Um, you can't be an expert in everything. Exactly. Which is little sidetrack but that's a pitfall of naturopathic medicine I would say like our scope of practice is so big that sometimes it can water down what we're good at so I think as a naturopathic doctor it is a really great service to your patients to special we can't use the term specialized but focus your practice in a specific mm-hmm. area so whether that be a patient base or modality um, I focus my practice in, in athletes and specifically female athletes. And you mentioned your holistic nutritionist who focuses on hormones. And that's so interesting for female athletes. I mean, most of the research is done on males and we females are not the same. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, our hormones change so much over the course of, of a month. And um, just educating female athletes can be so beneficial to their performance. Like this is how you're going to feel and perform at this time of the month. And here's what you can do to counter those effects. Yeah. It's really cool and really, really rewarding. That's fantastic. I feel like now we need to schedule a time to do an episode completely about that. Yes, we should. We should for sure. Because I have yeah, I've, I've um, ran a 12-week program with a colleague of mine called the mm-hmm. Hormone Performance Connection, and it was for female athletes, um, not treating hormone imbalances, but using your hormones to perform at your best. Mm-hmm. And it was such an awesome 12 weeks. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw that on your Instagram too. Yeah. I got a little deep, um, stalked you a little bit, um, and that <laughs> looked really cool. It looked really awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, when did that wrap up? When was that? We ran it. Uh, so it was once a week. We started March 30th, I believe it was. Okay. And 
ended June fifteenth, which was awesome. five days before my due date. So I'm like, hopefully the baby <laughs> doesn't come early. <laughs> but it all worked out. You said he came late, right? Yeah, yeah. That's he was awesome. nine days late. You know, he probably didn't want to enter the world right now and I don't blame him. Oh my gosh. I know. He was like, Hold up, mom, can I stay in for another <laughs> can I renew my lease? <laughs> Can I just renew for one more term and just stay in here until yeah, things chill I, I out? I should have been charging him rent. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good – too bad we can't make money off of them <laughs> in there. That's fantastic. Okay, mm-hmm. great. So um, we're going to switch gears a little bit back to the, the questions I had on paper. Yeah, for sure. Um, what common challenges do you see people facing – in conventional medicine and care. So from the patient perspective, what challenges do you see patients facing? Um, I know that I personally have seen challenges in conventional medicine, but from your perspective, what do you you see is missing? Um, Well, I think it's just been really, well, one of the things I mentioned already is presenting only one complaint during appointments, which is is a challenge. Um, But... Also, just the ability to take your health into your own hands can be a huge challenge for people. So a lot of, and I'm sure a lot of your listeners, like they're very invested in their health and you as a patient know your body better than any doctor is going to know it. Like, you know, when something is off. And so Mm -hmm. just getting um, a professional to listen to your concerns can be very challenging. And then also we, it's been so drilled into our head to just accept and do things the way they've always been done. And that's not necessarily the best thing for you as the patient. So really just questioning everything I would say even I'm okay with my patients questioning me like that's fine you know like you do your research you don't have to believe everything I'm saying I mean legally I have to only make evidence-based recommendations to you (laughs) (laughs) but you can do your own research and as patients you should do your own research and that again like big big challenge a lot of people for one their idea of doing research is a google search which you can find any sort of support on the internet for what you're trying to prove. Um, So just actually reading journal articles and reading them critically, like who wrote this article? Who is it funded by? Is this applicable to me in this Mm -hmm. circumstances? And sometimes there isn't any good research for what you're trying to find out. Um, uh, another, Another note on that is, it takes on average 17 years for research to be implemented into medical practice. Wow. 17, 17 years that's, on average. That's a so long something, time. Doctors will still be practicing in a way that isn't current with research because it takes so long for that process to happen. Mm-hmm. So as a patient, you really need to be doing your homework and sometimes even like present an article to a doctor like this is what I found what like this is what I would like to do as a patient and whether that's blood work imaging whatever I we have more control as patients than we know Mm -hmm. yeah I think that I think that's such a good point that like I feel like often being on the patient side, it really does feel like you're at the mercy of what your doctor thinks is next, or it really feels like the doctor's steering the ship, you know? And it's, it's really hard to take that, 
that freedom to do the research and mm-hmm. be critical of your doctor. And it's yeah. not necessarily being critical of your doctor, but it's hard to make a suggestion because it does feel like, who am I to know? You know so much yes. more than me. But at the end of the day, especially in conventional medicine, they have such little time with you that, yes, yeah. they know your symptoms and they know like surface level what you've said. Mm-hmm. But when we take ownership and do the homework ourselves, we know all the, all the layers of the onion as we're doing yes. the reading. And we mm-hmm. could come across something in research that we realize like, oh man, this has been happening. And I didn't even relate it to bring it up to my doctor kind of thing. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I think as, um, as a doctor, you need to be a teammate with your patient. Yeah. I like that. And, and that is something that we are taught in naturopathic medicine is to work with your patient um, and, and really you're being detectives together to try to figure out what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, again, a challenge in conventional medicine because you don't have the luxury of time with your patients. Right. But yeah, as the patient, you know, your body better than the doctor does and mm-hmm. you need to work with the doctor and utilize your knowledge of your body and the doctor's knowledge of medicine yeah. to find a good solution for you. I love that perspective of it is being like a team together mm-hmm. with them because it that's a really good way of putting it. It's empowering to, mm-hmm. to the patient side of like, I can be an active participant in this. I'm not just here. Hey, this is this happening? Can you fix it? Yeah. But here, hey, this is like the knowledge that I've gathered. These are This is the information that I have. Yeah. With your more qualified knowledge, what can we do to bring it all together? Totally. And to, as the patient, be willing to put in the work necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, and this isn't usually a problem with the patients I see. Right. They're willing to put in the work, but just know that you might have to eliminate something from your diet or start taking a supplement and, or start, you know, exercising a certain way. Right. Like you have to put in the work as the patient. When you're seeing a naturopathic doctor, it's not as simple as taking a pill. Right. Absolutely. I think that's such a good point too of a beautiful thing about naturopathic medicine is you do get that type of patient who's ready to implement changes and is, mm-hmm. it wants to do it that way. Whereas yeah. in conventional medicine, it's got to be such a challenge for the practitioners of like, man, it is, would be so simple for me to say, Hey, you need to work out and like eat well, yeah. but the implementation of that and the account, yeah. there's no accountability. There's no details of implementation. And it's so mm-hmm. easy to say to someone like, yeah, you need to work out. And even if they commit and set the time, likely they're going to like get their clothes on to work out in and realize like, I don't know where to start. Yeah. You know, like it it is simple. It is just moving. But at the end of the day, like having very, very specific instructions is helpful. And accountability is is huge. And like I mentioned before, knowing your area of expertise and, Mm -hmm. um, and, just offering the patient the best, right? So it'd probably be beneficial for them to have a personal trainer and yes. a nutritionist. And then they have that accountability. They have someone teaching them how to work out properly and not hurt themselves. <laughs> they right. have a nutritionist telling them how to eat well, because that can mean a lot of different things. Right. So yeah. And in this big health world, we can really work as a team mm-hmm. to offer the best for patients for each person. Mm-hmm. Fabulous. Okay, cool. So I know that you said you specialize a lot in female athletes. Yeah. Um, so one of my questions that I wanted to dig into with you was what, what common problems do you usually see 
um, in your patients or what, what common complaints, if any, do you see regularly? Um, so I guess that'll probably be pretty, pretty specific to female athletes. Um, but what kind of stuff do you see regularly that you help? Well, with? in my patient base in general, stress is a big one. Um, mm-hmm. and then I do a lot of injuries. So I, I do a therapy that's called prolotherapy. I don't know if you've heard of it, Mm-mm. the regenerative injection therapy. It's basically opposite, the opposite of a cortisone injection where we're injecting into joint tissue to stimulate the body's healing cascade again. So it causes inflammation initially, but regenerates tissue over time. Cool. And yeah, so that's the most common problem I see in my practice Got is it. joint injuries and pain. Mm-hmm. Um, second, and most of these patients have a lot of stress in their life, which we know can inhibit healing. Mm-hmm. As far as female athletes are concerned, the biggest issue I see um, pre- present themselves during the luteal phase of their cycle. So follicular phase is day one of your period to ovulation, ovulation to when you get your period again is the luteal phase. And that second half of the cycle is when most problems um, are evident with hormone imbalances, but not, not just hormone imbalances, but performance as well. So we're not quite as strong in our luteal phase, which is fine, but having that knowledge is really empowering. Our metabolism increases during the luteal phase. So you're going to be more hungry. You're probably going to get cravings if you don't account for the increased caloric need during that time, Mm -hmm. um, mood swings during that time. And again, these, these patients don't necessarily have mega hormone imbalances. It can just be slight. Usually it's a progesterone deficiency. So progesterone is a predominant hormone of the luteal phase. And if you're not secreting enough, then you're more likely to get all these, all these symptoms and they can, depending on the person, some can be more severe than others. Digestive issues too, you know, that first, that week before your period. Lots of things the week before your period. (laughs) (laughs) Good to know. Good to know. Yes. That's fantastic. Um, So what kind of, so you mentioned stress um, and you mentioned progesterone deficiencies. Um, What type of solutions do you usually implement? I'm sure it varies. Yes, it can. Um, I mean, eliminating the stress in your life would be the best (laughs) thing. But that's, again, like way easier said than done. And yeah. and often we're doing things that are physiologically stressful for our body. So they're increasing cortisol. Yeah. But they don't feel stressful to us because we're enjoying it. So, you know, right. we're working out. We love our job. We like our family time. And we're always go, go, go. We are never in that rest state where we're in parasympathetic mode and balancing out the effects of cortisol. Mm-hmm. Um, and so eliminating stress in our lives isn't always an option or right. an option we don't like. <laughs> yeah. So step one is just replenishing the nutrients that are lost with stress. And there is a lot of overlap between stress and progesterone deficiency because our body can make cortisol from progesterone and it will always prioritize doing that. Because progesterone, progestation, it's the it's the hormone of pregnancy. And as females, our bodies are designed to to make babies yeah. <laughs> and build them. And and so if we're stressed, 
our body will be like, well, now's not a good time to have a baby. So we don't need this progesterone. Let's turn it into cortisol. And like, that is the pathway. If you were to see kind of a, a spider web of all the hormone connections, progesterone can turn into cortisol. So that's if you're stressed and have progesterone deficiency, like they, it's like this continuous cycle. It's like a bad right? cycle. Yeah. Yeah. So dealing with your stress and treating that can help mm-hmm. um, progesterone deficiency kind of indirectly, but yeah, just giving your adrenal glands the building blocks they need to make cortisol so that it's not stealing those nutrients from other areas. Right. So for example, vitamin C, magnesium, vitamin B5, those are very um, used up a lot by your adrenal glands to make cortisol. But those nutrients are obviously really important for other tissues. Right. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. That's so cool. Yeah. And of course, there's adaptogenic herbs, there's acupuncture, Mm -hmm. there's psychology, there's a lot we can do to target stress. But just from that physiological standpoint, that's kind of step one is, is providing your body with those building blocks and then maybe adding in an adaptogenic herb. You don't necessarily want to take these like ginseng or these hardcore botanicals when you haven't supplied your body the building blocks first. It can mm-hmm. kind of be like stepping on the gas pedal when you have an empty tank. So some people can feel worse doing that, mm-hmm. um, which just, you know, seeing a professional when it comes to supplements I would highly advise. Yes, we can read lots online, but having someone who knows all the ins and outs of the herbs and the nutrients and how they interact together and the knowledge of the patient and combining those two and and really individualizing the treatment plan, that's mm-hmm. the best the best yeah. option if if possible. Yeah, that's fantastic. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. That's a uh, that's the kind of stuff I was so excited to learn. Super cool. <laughs> Yeah, it's been great. Um, So I am a little curious, too. um, You've mentioned um, acupuncture a couple of times. Mm -hmm. Do you personally do acupuncture? I do. So I work with um, a physical therapist who does Mm -hmm. dry needling. He does like the electronic stimulation with the dry needles. Um, And he's explained to me how the dry needling works. Um, Yes. How does acupuncture work? Yeah, so that's, it's good that you brought that up, because often people confuse the two. So they've had dry needling, which uses acupuncture needles as a tool, but it's not technically acupuncture. I mean, that's just getting technical, but acupuncture is um, using the 12 energy meridians on the body. So you're just, you're putting the needles in at specific points. And there does tend to be some overlap. So where you, so dry needling, just for your listeners, you're treating trigger points in the muscles. Um, So kind of manipulating the needle exactly where that trigger point is. It's it quite the feeling. Muscular. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> it's like a love hate. Right? Like it so really relieving, is. But it's kind of painful at the same time. Yeah. I think it does <laughs> get so better good. every single time though. The first time I was like, I'm going to puke. <laughs> <laughs> what Basically, muscle did you have? Um, well, he, the first time I had it done was like, he worked on my glutes a lot or sorry, okay. my quads a lot. And he also hit the glute. And so just, and at one point, and I'm just not, I'm not a needle girl anyway, you know, I don't, I'm like getting anxious thinking about needles, but at one point, and this guy's my friend, it was really funny. He said, and he doesn't remember saying this, but I know, I remember he said, little girl, 
big quads. We're going to need a big needle for this one. And I was like, <laughs> Things you don't that. say to your patient. <laughs> yeah, I was like, don't say that to me. Anyway, <laughs> it was fine. But again, for our listeners, for clarification, basically what they do is they insert this acupuncture needle. And then, so super, super, super tiny little needle. When, when yeah. he says big, he means long. It's yes. not thick. Yeah. So mm-hmm. they insert it and then they... They essentially like wiggle it around. Yeah. They like, for lack of a better term, he just like stabby stab stabs a few times until the muscle twitches. And then maybe a few more times after the muscle twitches, even though you think he's probably done, but he's not. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's a very weird sensation, but yes, very productive. Every time it gets a little more endurable every time it's like, Oh no, I know it's coming. It's not so bad. I know you're going to wiggle it around all good. Yeah. 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 It's a really powerful therapy of love dry needling Mm -hmm. um and and so the energy meridians there's some points on these channels that tend to have trigger points in them so there can be a little bit of of overlap there but traditional chinese medicine acupuncture you're you're putting the needles in leaving them i mean you might do there's different there's many different techniques um as far as you can manipulate the needles a little bit but it's not quite the same as dry needling Mm -hmm. um you can and cupping is another technique that is traditional Chinese medicine that okay, can I didn't be know done that on the energy meridians as well, mock Sebastian. But yeah, that's the premise. The premise of it, you're yeah. stimulating, stimulating or um, calming down these energy points on the body. Got it. So it's an energetic medicine. Fabulous. Sounds very cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fantastic. Great. Well. Before we move along, is there anything else in general that you would like our listeners to know about naturopathic medicine? Um, I would say just that it's, it can be very different depending on who you see. Again, like a pitfall of a profession, I would say a pitfall and a strength um, because you can focus your area of practice in basically anything. You know, there's residencies you can do in oncology. Some of my colleagues will focus in oncology, they're working with conventional medical doctors, oncologists, mm-hmm. and doing naturopathic medicine to support those patients. Um, be like me and specialize in athletes. You can specialize in autoimmune disease. And I shouldn't be saying specialize. We're not. We're not supposed to use that term. Focus your practice in these in these areas. Yeah. Um, as well as the modalities. So if you are to go and see a naturopathic doctor, just make sure you do your research on him or her and and know that it's a good fit for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have the knowledge that you're seeking. A lot of NDs will offer free 15 minute phone consults or in-person consults, just so you can get to know the, the practitioner and the practitioner can get to know you and see if it's a good fit before kind of going down that road, because it is, it is a pretty big commitment and it can be really life-changing. Um, at least in the words of my patients, it, it has been. So yeah. yeah, I would say just make sure if you're seeking naturopathic medicine that you make sure the practitioner is a good fit for you. Got it. That makes sense. I feel like um, with a lot of the professionals that I have on, that's a very, very common response of like, make sure you find a good fit, make sure they have what, what you are looking for and that you essentially vibe with them. Make sure they're, they're the vibe you need. Whereas for you, it's a little more, make sure they're the focus that you need. But also that they're a good fit for you. I think too, it's worth yeah. saying that um, you want to make sure, that, I guess, that they are a good vibe, that you feel safe and comfortable with them. Like 
even just from talking to you for the 45 minutes that we've been chatting, like, I feel like I would love to go like be your patient. And like, I feel like you would take your time and listen and want to want to know all the little things that I want to say. And I think, yeah, making sure that you feel comfortable enough to tell them. Yeah. And that is really important because especially with naturopathic medicine, we're asking really personal questions. Yeah. (laughs) Very detailed questions about your menstrual cycle, very detailed questions about your bowel movements, which gives us a lot of information about your health, but you do need to have that comfort. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Not feel weird about talking about those things. (laughs) Yeah. Great. Um, So what advice would you have then for someone who wants to find a naturopathic doctor near them? Um, How can we go about doing that? Um, In the States, you would go to the AAND, so um, American Association of Naturopathic Doctors website, Mm -hmm. and usually all the registered naturopaths will be on there listed. And then in Canada, the equivalent is the Canadian Association of Naturopathic Doctors. Again, you can go to, so there's, I think the website for Canada is findmynd.ca. In the, in the States, I'm not sure. You could probably just go to the AAND website, type that into Google. Should Their website should come up. Perfect. Yeah. And I'll put yeah. it in the show notes too. I'll, I'll make mm-hmm. sure I find the right link and we'll, we'll put it in awesome. the show notes so people can just go to it. Yeah. And then that way too, you know, you're getting someone who's regulated, licensed, all that jazz. Perfect. Who hasn't done a weekend course. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Someone who's actually a naturopathic doctor. Yes. Fabulous. Perfect. All right, cool. Well, we're going to move on to the last couple of questions that I have for you. We're going to go a little more, a little more general, just you as a person. Mm -hmm. Um, Can you, Mandy, tell us about an experience or a time in your life that you felt particularly empowered? I would say, this is kind of a long story. I'll try to shorten it. You can, you can tell a long story. <laughs> I have time um, if you have time. Well, I had just moved to Calgary, Alberta, mm-hmm. and I got in this, I call it a car attack because I was stopped at a red light <laughs> and uh-huh. this F-350 drove into the back of me, oh my reversed, God. drove into me again, reversed, drove what? into me again, like over and over. Yes. <laughs> Until I was in the middle of the intersection and then he drove around me. So what had happened was, so it was a red light. He was stopped and he, a cop was trying to pull this guy over. The cop got out of his car to approach the vehicle and then this truck was like, hell no, I'm getting out of here. And I was in front of him. So he basically just like bumped me until I was out of the way. Yes. That is a so, car attack. This was very scary. Car attack is and... very accurate. I feel like it's like a, like a human car version of a shark attack or like a yeah. bottlenose dolphin. I picture like a dolphin just like getting me out. <laughs> That's exactly what it was like. And in the moment I thought this guy was trying to attack me personally. Like I had no I'm idea sure. a cop was trying to pull him over. Right. Like, what? Like, what is... And it, you know, it's funny the thoughts that go through your head in moments like that. Like I was like, what is, did the light turn green and I didn't go fast enough? Like why is this guy doing What did this I do me? wrong? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so oh after that, I mean, it's, it was just this big mess. Like I, um, my car was a write-off and I had called my insurance company right after. I'm like, this is what happened. What, what do you suggest I do? I don't have collision on my vehicle because it was a piece of crap. If something happened to it, I was saying goodbye. And I knew that. Right. (laughs) Um, anyways, I ended up having to pay for everything. 
I had to pay for the towing of my car. I had to pay for it being an impounding for a month. Like all these things that obviously I couldn't afford. I just graduated. I just started my own business. I just moved to a new province and city. So I was like, and I think old Mandy would have been like, well, that's that. I just want to put it in my past and like move on. But I was like, no, I, this is so wrong. I am fighting for what I like is rightfully mine and, and just like justice, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So, I mean, I didn't know what I was doing, but I went and got like legal advice and filed three different claims. Um, so the vehicle that hit me, his was stolen. The guy driving it had stolen a vehicle so Mm -hmm. that complicated things the fact that I still have Ontario license plate a complicated thing so it was this big mess but I just did not give up on it and you know went to court and I that was really empowering for me and I didn't I remember calling my dad at one point and and I wasn't really asking for anything I just wanted him to like listen and he wasn't my dad's usually very supportive but in that moment he wasn't and that I think was the most empowering of this whole situation. Cause I was like, okay, like I don't, I don't need my dad. Then I can do this on my own. I can figure this out and mm-hmm. fight for myself and defend myself. And that's what I did. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. I can't believe you got in a car attack. <laughs> <laughs> it was so bizarre. Like it felt like something <laughs> would have happened on a movie. <laughs> Not it in sounds real life. like something that would happen on a movie or a sitcom. I feel like that's mm-hmm. a sitcom moment. Yes. yes. Oh, let's see. That's my computer ringing, actually, of all the things. Oh. That's funny. One second. We're just going to. <laughs> I didn't think to put my computer on do not disturb mode because <laughs> that's okay. Mm-hmm. That's so funny, though. And, and a terrible, I'm so sorry that happened to you, <laughs> but car attack is the best way to put that. Yes. Yeah, oh totally. And so what, what ended up happening with that? Did you get any sort of retribution? That's um, well, the guy, the driver of the vehicle is in jail. So, yeah. I mean, if he ever gets out and is ever making money, then yeah, but then it's your money. I don't know when that will yeah. happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. the car being a write-off was kind of a blessing in disguise because I had tried to get it licensed in Alberta and they wouldn't, <laughs> it didn't pass the safety. I was going to have to put like $3,000 into it. And I paid, I think 2000 for the car. So I was like, well, <laughs> I'll just drive this until I can't drive it anymore. And then that happened like a week later. Wow. So the car attack was a blessing for the car, <laughs> <laughs> for the car. <laughs> yes. Uh, and for your sense of independence. <laughs> yes, exactly. And your empowerment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Bonkers. That's so nuts. Yeah. That's it's great. crazy. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, I'm really glad for you that it was an empowering experience in the end. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that I will ever have anyone ever tell me a story about getting attacked by an F-350. Again, this was a once in a lifetime story. My car was a Chevy Optra too. Like small little... I don't understand why he had to ram you so many times. Why couldn't he just push you with one sustained push? I I don't know. I mean, he was on fifty. I'm sure you're right. He was (laughs) clearly high. He wasn't the type of guy who was really gonna go about it the most, you know, efficient way. Efficient way. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. Physically, were you okay? 
Physically, yes. Nice. Um, emotionally, I had this very strong sense of guilt for like it was so strong after that. Like it, I, it felt like I had been punished for something, and yeah. then afterwards, every time the phone rang, like any, I I would think that I was it was someone to call me to tell me I did something wrong. And oh, like, it was so weird. I, I saw, so interesting. Um, I was seeing a psychologist after because I, I just like recognized that this happened since the accident and right. just a weird, mm-hmm. I mean, that's definitely a very traumatic experience. Mm-hmm. And I, I do feel like that makes sense in a way that you felt like that because in that moment you were wondering like, what did I do wrong? Yeah. Right. You're like, why is this happening? What did I do? You're trying to like pin down like what you did. Yeah. So then your, your subconscious is like, what, what have we done? Yeah. What have we done? What do I need to do to fix it? Mm -hmm. So interesting. Oh, the human brain. I know. (laughs) That's bonkers. Okay. Well, we'll move on. That was so far. I think my favorite empowering story. (laughs) I'm going to be honest. (laughs) Very sorry it happened to you, but I will never forget (laughs) that term car attack. Um, Do you have a mantra? And if so, what is it? I I guess my mantra that I, I really live by, and it's a Gandhi quote, so be the change you wish to see in the world. Mm-hmm. And it just so, it resonates with me on so many levels. I think a lot of people want change in the world or whatever their situation that they're in, but they're not willing to change themselves. And that's really the root of change. If we want change to happen, we have to be willing to change ourselves and do it. Even if you're just one person, you think it's not going to have a significant effect. It is. Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah. that's great. So Mm -hmm. now we'll take it one step further because now I'm curious. What is the change that you'd like to see in the world? Well, I'm biased in in the health and um, I guess environmental medicine perspective like I think there's when we're physically healthy it it plays into how we are as people you know how patient we are how kind we are and there's so many things in our environment that are just eating away at our health Um, so many things that are out of our control you know you can exercise and you can eat well but you're still exposed to so many environmental toxins Um, just in the air, in our furniture, in our clothes, in our body products, um, in our water. And that, I would say that's like a really big change I want to see in the world. And I think it can have a big ripple effect on so many other things. Mm -hmm. Um, And so how, how can I contribute to that change? Well, I think we really in a democracy, you vote more with your dollar, I find. And so if I'm only buying organic vegetables, if I'm using a water filter, um, if I'm using natural body products, so I'm putting my money into things that I support and Mm -hmm. hopefully influencing other people to do the same as I educate them. Yes. um, So that we gradually eliminate... (laughs) Or at least decrease all these negative um, environmental toxins that are affecting us in negative ways. Absolutely. I love that. That's very cool. I think it's so true what you said about in a democracy, we truly vote with our dollar. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's easy to miss that, but it's so, so true. 
And because really like money is influencing policy a lot more than our votes are like where the big money is. That's what's driving policy. And that's what the issue is with like, you know, the, the food system in the States and the medical system in the States. There's a lot, there's a lot happening. That's really influenced by people who are making a profit off of our sickness. Totally. Yeah. And it's keeping us sick. And I, I I think that's a really great way of looking at it because that's such a big, I mean, that's such a big problem that resonates with me too, of like, these systems are so broken and money is such a driver in all of, all of this stuff. And you can feel powerless and helpless to like, even my vote isn't really making that big of a difference in these, in this arena, but you're completely right. that supporting the people who are doing it differently, supporting the products that are doing it well. Like putting our money there is really what's going to drive the most, yeah. drive the most impact. Totally. I really love that perspective. Mm-hmm. Yes. I actually am just trying a new mascara from Ilia. They're a, a beauty brand. Okay. Yeah. I've heard of them. I assume I'm saying that right. I don't know. It's I-L-I-A, yes. but they're a clean beauty brand and mm-hmm. I'm trying this mascara and I've for a while been using one that is, you know, just the one I've been using since I was 15, whatever. And so far change is hard. And I'm like, it's fine, but I miss my old crappy stuff. Right. (laughs) But I'm like trying to dig my heels in and like, do it, just stick with it. I need to love this mascara. (laughs) There's more than one natural beauty company out there. So if you don't like that one, you can try another one. (laughs) Well too, you know, when you first get a mascara, it's like a little too thin and then it just has to kind of like get a little mucky in there. Maybe that doesn't matter. I understand. It'll get better. We're only on day two, day three. Okay. okay. Everything's fine. My mascara life is fine. <laughs> well, if you need it, I haven't tried their mascara, but my personal favorite natural beauty brand is 100% Pure. Okay. I'll their stuff out. is awesome. Okay. And it smells really good because it's all fruit pigmented. Ooh, I like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to put that in the show notes too, guys. 100% yeah. Pure. And I'll put the link to their website too, which I yeah. will peruse after this. Okay. Wonderful. Well, we are going to wrap things up. Mm-hmm. Um, the last thing we'll do is I want you to just tell our listeners how they can get a hold of you. How can they find you? How can they get a hold of you if they have questions? They can obviously ask the show, but how can they find you? Yeah, I am most active on Instagram. So that would be the best place to find me. Um, my handle is Dr. Mandy underscore ND. Um, and you can, of course, direct message me on there. I do have a website. I'll be honest. I suck at keeping it up to date, but it's drmandynd.com. So that's an option too. And you can email me from there. Perfect. All right. And so I will put that in the show notes as well so that people can get a hold of you. And obviously I'll tag you on the Instagram and stuff so that they can easily find your Instagram page. Um, so yeah, guys, if you have questions for for Dr. Mandy, you can reach out obviously directly to her or feel free to comment on the post or send us a message here at the FemStrong podcast page. Um, but we'd love to hear from you and answer your questions. So Mandy, thank you so, so, so much for hanging out. This was great. Yeah, thanks for having me. Of course. It was great to hear your story and learn about your car attack. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Well, listeners, thank you so much for hanging out with us. I hope you have a great rest of your day and we will talk to you later. Bye.